Well, this morning we're going to uh, kind of detour from Ephesians for a Sunday, and we're going to uh, look at uh, another verse of Scripture, which is going to be our memory verse for the month of, of uh, July. Uh, you'll have to forgive me that you know we haven't been doing memory verses the, cl- the last couple of months. Um, I need to map these out on my preacher, preaching calendar, okay? Um, I just seem to be in a zone when it comes to Ephesians, and so I've just been kind of plowing through that and kind of listening to my wife at the same time because she's been really anxious for me to be preaching on husbands. <laughs> and so we've gotten through that passage of Scripture, but um, as far as the memory verse, it's kind of, it hasn't been on my radar. So I'm going to try to do a better job of it being on my radar. But uh, we are going to be in Ephesians, or not Ephesians, Ephesians, Hebrews chapter 11 uh, this morning. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 3 with Hebrews 11, 1 being our memory verse. Now, so I'm going to go a little easier on you this month. month. Um, the memory verse is not, not as long. Um, and you'll have to forgive me this morning. I've, I've had uh, a sore throat since uh, Tuesday night, and this is the second time in the month of June that I've had this kind of debilitating sore throat. So uh, this is the best I've felt since Tuesday, but you're kind of hearing the remnants of this uh, as I feel like I've got cotton in the back of my mouth or something. But um, But so... Let me just uh, begin with um, mentioning in this passage of Scripture, because when we look at a memory verse, we're not just looking specifically at that verse, but we're looking at the context of that verse so that we can have a greater appreciation for what God has said in that verse that he wants us to put in our heart. Uh, We don't want to memorize anything that... uh, we would apply out of the context of what Scripture says. So I hope this, uh, this verse this morning encourages you in your walk of faith. And, uh, you know, as we look at faith and we look at the chapter 11 and uh, the, the heroes of the faith, um, you know, the faith movement, the prosperity gospel, this is, this is one chapter that they would prefer to avoid. Because as we look at the Hebrew, the, the, the heroes of uh, chapter 11, uh, they are not a name it and claim it crowd. That is not why, that is, that is not faith, okay? Um, particularly when you read verses 37 and 38 of chapter 11. Go with me to to, uh, verse 37 of chapter 11. And these men and women who walked with God, verse 37, the Bible says they were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with, with the sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains, in dens 
and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. And so, um, you know, this is not one of uh, the, the uh, most favorite chapters of the Bible when it came, comes to the faith movement. But uh, I want to, this morning, clarify for us what faith is not, okay? Faith isn't your own personal power that gives you the ability to create your own future or to create healing or a different economic situation or being going from a nobody to a somebody. Faith isn't about having the ability to write your future. Okay? To name it and claim it is yours. No. Faith, as we're going to go through this passage of Scripture this morning, is about putting your trust in what the, the Word of God has, has said. Faith is a God-given ability to trust the future that God has promised you. That's faith. And so we're going to be looking at what that, what that means this morning. Faith doesn't create any, anything. Faith merely reminds us of the true reality of any given situation that we find ourselves in. And that reality is that God has providentially ordained this for your life and has a purpose and a plan for his glory and for your good. And he wants you to trust him in every moment of that opportunity or that situation. That is faith. And so um, <clears throat> let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we're going to look at the first three verses this morning. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So as we look at this chapter of faith in these first three verses this morning, we need to ask ourselves the question, why is this chapter here? Well, this chapter was written to the Hebrews in particular because uh, they were undergoing a great deal of persecution. And the author of Hebrews, we're not sure who the author uh, is of uh, the book of Hebrews, but uh, they, the author wanted to encourage the Jewish people because things were tough. Let's, let's look at uh, chapter 10 for a moment. I want to read verses 
32 through 36 this morning and just kind of give us a, a feel of what, uh, what the Jews were going through, the Christian Jews were going through. The Bible says, But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly expo- exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming, of, the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we were not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So he wants the Jewish believers to persevere because there were some Jews, uh, so-called Christians, um, that were convinced that were throwing in the towel and walking away from the faith. And the author of Hebrews wants us to know that the Christian life is all about faith. Uh, Faith in what? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at more carefully uh, this morning. And so, what is faith? You know, the Expositor Bible's commentary describes it as a way of life the writer wishes to see continued in the practice of of his readers. We have incredible heroes of the faith that have gone before us, and they are our example. And as we look at their, their lives uh, through, through Scripture, he wants that same pattern of living to continue in uh, the present-day Christians. And so faith is being sure of the things that are hoped for. Now, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Let's let's look first at that word um, assurance. Faith is used as an object, which is the word assurance. Um, If you have the King James Version, it's the word substance. But uh, when you see that word, assurance or substance, it's, it's referring to a foundation, a subflooring, you know, something that uh, is, um, it's an object, it's, it's strong, it's enduring, it can be built upon. That's That's the assurance that faith gives us. 
a faith in the the subflooring. Now, faith to a Christian is what a foundation is to a house. The foundation is extremely important for you to build your home upon, for you to build your life upon. And so that assurance is what's underneath. That assurance is what is holding you up. And I'm sure all of you walked into this building this morning with great assurance that the foundation of this building was going to hold you up. (laughs) Did any of you walk in through the doors unsure, insecure, like, uh, you know, things were just going to fall apart? No. We all had great confidence that the foundation was going to hold us up. Um, Have you ever walked across a foundation that was somewhat insecure? You know, for me, it requires me to have more faith and foundations than some of you. I'm one of the biggest persons in this room, okay? I, I love to watch um, Hometown. You ever watch Hometown on HGTV? Uh, ben, ben Napier and uh, uh, Aaron uh, from Laurel, Mississippi. Well, uh, I get a kick out of Ben because he's bigger than me, okay? And some of the houses they go into, I mean, this, th- these foundations are sketchy. <laughs> and, and Bill, Bill, Ben likes to test the foundation, and he'll jump up and down on it, and his wife gets really nervous. But the foundation is, is really important. And I've, I've walked into some you know, trailers or some older houses where certain rooms, um, the foundation was pretty sketchy, and uh, it's a bit unnerving especially someone my size. But the author of Hebrews is saying here in verse 1, faith is the assurance that the sub-foundation of a house is going to hold you up. That's That's what faith gives us. It gives us an assurance. And that foundation, church, is so important in the Christian life. It needs to be the right foundation. There's lots of foundations. There's, there's foundations of sand, okay? There's, there's foundations of, um, of faulty foundations. But Jesus said, if you're going to um, whether the storms of life. If you're going to not just survive, but thrive through the storms of life, your house, your life needs to be built upon the rock. And what is the rock? The rock is God's word. God's promises, God's truth. And so 
This faith that we're talking about this morning that's built on, has the right foundation, is through, through God's word, through God's promises. I like what um, Oswald Chambers said. He said, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. I, it just it reminds us of, of the reality that, uh, that Jesus' words are true and that we can trust the future and we can know that he is with us in the present. Even though we can't see him, we know he is with us. So faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Things hoped for. There's promises that are secure that God is going to come through on. He's going to make good on every promises, every promise. He's going to make good <laughs> on every warranty. You know, we can't say that with man-made warranties. My wife and I bought furniture about eight years ago that came with a lifetime warranty. You know what? That lifetime warranty is only good as long as that business exists. <laughs> what happens if they go out of business? The warranty isn't any good. Guess what happened to this business? <laughs> so much for a lifetime warranty. But when it comes to God and his promises... He is going to make good on every single promise. That's our hope. And that's what our assurance is built upon. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Whatever God says that has given you hope, my friend, he is going to make good on. Our hope is built upon the eternal promises of God. And so my question to you this morning is what are you hoping for? That's based on his promise. May your faith assure you, give you the substance that God's got your situation. That God has you. That God has everything under control. And God is 
concerned about it. Where does that kind of faith come from? Well, for one, it comes from God the Father. Okay, we've been walking through Ephesians. We're going to get back there next week. But let me just remind you, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. The Bible says, For by grace have you been saved by faith, and this is not of your own doing, but is the gift of God, not as a result of works that anyone can boast. Your faith is the gift of God. You, you can't muster it up, okay? Uh, this, isn't, this isn't man-made. You, it's just, you just, it's not something that you can just work harder at. No, this faith is the grace of God, God's gift to you. Not only does it come from the Father, but this faith comes from the Son as well. You know, as we go through the book of uh, 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 Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Faith, the very next chapter, chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says this, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. And so God has gifted us with his faith, and Jesus is um, perfecting this faith. He is the, the founder. He is the instigator of this faith. And so this hope that we have is the firm substance that because of Jesus and his resurrection from the dead, our future is secure. Okay? This 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 hope isn't empty. This hope has great substance and the most important part of what this faith is founded upon is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything is based upon the resurrection of Christ. Look at Hebrews or Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. Or I'm, I'm sorry, Hebrews 12, 2 again. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured death itself and was resurrected from the grave and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. That's our hope. That's our security. And then in Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 25, Paul says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who, are, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, 
groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for who hopes for what he sees? But we hope for what we do not see. We wait for it with patience. This is our hope. Where is Jesus today? Jesus is seated to the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says that we live in times where all creation, okay, not just humanity, but all creation groans for our redemption. And one day, the Bible says, Jesus is going to return. And he's going to Re- restore all things um, um, to, to perfection. This, this is his promise to us, and this is, this is our future hope. And in this, we can have great faith. We have great assurance. We have great hope because of his word, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So not only is faith, um, not only does faith bring assurance, but faith brings conviction or proof of things not seen. Let's look at the last half of verse 1. For the conviction of things not seen. What's been promised by God, he will fulfill. He will perform. He will keep his word. What has God promised? What what are we convinced of? What what do we know that, that we have proof of, even though we can't see it? Well, one, our sins are forgiven. The Bible says, if we come to him and we confess our sin, we repent of our sin, he forgives us. Not only are our sins forgiven, but we have this conviction that loved ones, friends, family who knew Jesus and have gone on before us, they're in the presence of Christ for all eternity. We can't see this. But the Bible says this. And this is our proof that it is true. We are convicted in our hearts that this is true. This is what faith does. We can't see tomorrow. But we know who holds tomorrow. And he is our sovereign God who can be trusted. We have to believe it all on the strength of his word. 
faith can't be built upon anything else. Our faith comes from the Word of God and what we know Jesus has done for us and who he says he is. This is where our faith resides. Then we see in verse 3 of Hebrews 11, by faith we understand that the universe was created by what? The word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. The writer of Hebrews takes us back to Genesis chapter 1. A passage of scripture that we can't see with our eyes, other than the fact that all of creation around us. But how did this creation get here? The Bible says it didn't evolve. It didn't, it didn't come from other stuff. The Bible is very clear that God spoke it into existence. And by faith, we believe this. Because God does not lie. I just want to encourage you. You know, as your pastor, I believe in a six-day creation. I believe Genesis chapter 1 is very clear that God did specific things on six consecutive days. And on the seventh day, he rested. This isn't poetic language. This isn't um, symbolic. The Bible is very specific. And if you have a problem with Genesis chapter 1, well, read Genesis chapter 20, verse 11. Because the same author that recorded Genesis chapter 1 is the same author of Genesis chapter 20. And he doesn't speak in poetic language there when he spells out, when he records the Ten Commandments that God has given him. And in Genesis chapter 20, verse 11, the Bible says that, let me just read it. Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and, that, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. That's not poetic language. That's, that's literal. And so, going back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, the Bible says, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So 
as your pastor, as elders of the church, we believe in a young earth. Now, the pastor, the world looks really old. And yes, what God created, God created to look very old. God didn't create Adam and Eve as babies. He created them in their maturity where they could immediately begin to reproduce. That's what he did with all of his creation. God didn't create baby trees, even though baby trees also were created as well. But he, tr- he created trees mature. He created rocks mature. He created all of it by his word. And as Christians, we believe this. This is part of our faith. And I think it's really dangerous for Christians to try to reconcile evolution with Genesis chapter 1. What is evolution founded upon? The idea that God does not exist. That God had nothing to do with it. How can you reconcile a lie with the truth? with what God says. You try to reconcile those things and you come up with a whole lot of different ideas to try to explain Genesis chapter 1. We weren't there. We accept these things by faith. Not what we see but what we believe, what the Word of God says. I just think, church, that this is really important to our Christian faith and and trusting and believing all that God says. My friends, if you can believe that God can resurrect someone from the grave. It's not hard to believe Genesis chapter 1. But you know, it takes faith. The faith that God gives. The faith that Jesus initiated. The faith that Jesus is perfecting. And when we have that kind of faith, there is seed. <laughs> and a carrot seed is just a little flake. And a mustard seed is smaller than that. Friends, it's not the amount of faith that's most important. It's the faith that you've placed yourself in. You, whom you are trusting. The object of your faith. And the object of our faith is our Father. And with God, nothing is impossible.
And so as we memorize Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, may this encourage our faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is what faith does as it's built upon the right foundation, the rock, the word of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your truth. Lord, we live in a a world that wants to sabotage our faith, that wants to plant seeds of doubt that, that, that says your word is unreliable. It's untrustworthy. But God, we know that this morning all truth comes from you. You are truth. Help us, Lord Jesus, to build our lives on this firm, unmovable, foundation that is never going to deteriorate. It is sure and secure for all eternity. Thank you for your grace. Your grace of salvation that has given us the faith to believe. God, everything that you've done in our life. There's nothing that we can boast about in and of ourselves. It's all your grace. We didn't deserve any of it. But we say thank you. Father, for the one here this morning who is struggling, who's, who's living in fear, God, who, who wants to believe you, God, through faith, give them that assurance and that conviction that what you say is true and you can be trusted. And God, may you just rescue them from their from the difficult circumstances you find them they find themselves in. Help them, Lord, to see what you see and to believe and know what you know to be true. In Jesus' name, amen.